Hello, everybody, um, and welcome back to this week's episode of On the Road Again podcast, uh, following the Winchesters. Uh, this week is another one of our deep dive episodes. It's actually our last deep dive episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about Mary Campbell, later Mary Winchester. Um, so similar to John, obviously, she's one of the main characters in this new prequel. She was also very important to the original Supernatural, both kind of as a symbolic figure, and we'll get into that a little bit later, and then in the later seasons, an actual character, an actual series regular character. Um, she's also a character that is almost exclusively seen through the lens of other people, whether that be stories that John tells, whether it be stories that Dean tells. Um, or even just in the apparitions that we saw of her in the early seasons until she comes back later on. Uh, and we want to kind of examine who she really was and just sort of prepare for the latest version of her that's going to be coming out. And this is going to be a very contentious episode, I think, um, because the same way that we all kind of have different feelings about John, I think we all kind of have different feelings about Mary. Um you should know the outline for this is mostly just each of us individually going on different rants about Mary. Um, she's a complicated character, and I think she was both intentionally written that way and not so intentionally written that way. So we wanted to start off with the era of Mary that we got like the least time with, which is the youngest version of her so far. Um, Mary is kind of an interesting character in this phase. I like her a lot. Um, which is no surprise. The other two are shaking their heads. Um, this version of Mary is still a hunter. She wants out. Um, we know this. This is also the version of Mary that meets John um, as well. Uh, Mary at this stage is also in the spot where she is starting to kind of make her way out of hunting. Um, we start seeing her trying to get away from it all, but with the deal that she made with Azazel, that's kind of not fully possible. Um, and when she dies, it sort of devastates the whole family. And then from there, we don't really know much about her actual personality. We know a lot more about what John has told his children about her, um, which I think is really interesting. One of the most interesting things I think about Mary is the fact that they told us her uncle gave her a grave and not John. Which is so fascinating considering how John built her up into this symbol and was like supposedly so grief stricken over her death and like really lost. And the fact that like he wasn't the one to bury her is really, I think it says a lot about their relationship, which we will definitely get into a little bit later. And I think that's just the tragedy of the character, much like the tragedy of John, is that she really wanted to get out of hunting and she never really could. Even when she comes back, the first thing that she starts to do is hunt. And then she dies before she can really make a decision either way of whether she would want to continue to do that or not. I think one of the most tragic parts of Mary's character, I know we were talking a little bit about this in the last episode, but uh, in 403 in the beginning, you know, Mary has this really like heartfelt rant about how she wants to get out and how she would never want the like hunting life for her children. And she's saying all this to Dean and like Dean is literally so overwhelmed with emotion that he starts crying which obviously is very rare for him and it's you know we were kind of saying in the last episode how a lot of the characters kind of got a chance to escape their like predetermined fate I guess of of hunting and get to you know forge their own path but in a way you know Mary and John didn't Mary like Jules was saying kind of got thrown back into the life as soon as she got revived by Amara and it's it's really sad looking at these characters from a retrospective lens just because you know how things are going to play out and, you know, what happens in the prequel necessarily isn't 
isn't necessarily going to change that, but it's, it's very interesting to look back and see how all these parts kind of merge and mesh. I think that's where they're going to find a challenge is because we already know her fate. So you have to make her story still interesting and intriguing. You can't make the story about Mary trying to stay alive or, you know, these, those types of things, because we already know she does. We already know she has Sam and Dean, like we know what's coming. So they sort of have to write around the fact that we already know her fate. Like they can't obviously just kill her. And then, you know, I mean, even if they brought her back, there would be no stress there because we already know. Um, I've watched other shows that way where they do the prequel and I'm not going to say what show because it's popular right now. It's not, it's not house of dragons. I'm not trashing house of dragons. There's another one that just, you already know what happens. And so it's kind of hard to stay engaged because you know where the story is headed. So I'm very curious to see what they do with the story to keep us keep us going, keep us intrigued. One thing I am interested in seeing is in Amy Gumenek's Young Mary, well, I guess kind of middle Mary now's era. <laughs> Mid-Mary. <laughs> um, we like got to see grandpa samuel and deanna Mm -hmm. and we get to see them later on you know in supernatural season six when uh sam is soulless and kind of ends up working with them for a bit before that goes terribly wrong but (laughs) with, (laughs) with the sort of premise being that mary doesn't know where samuel is at this time either i think it's really interesting to see how much of the campbell family that we're going to be seeing because from the trailer all we really know is that samuel is also missing so i think there's a lot of potential to drawing in the campbells i know we learn a lot about the well maybe not a lot about the winchesters we're searching for henry we see millie but uh i think that'll be something cool to see and honestly just seeing mary for the first time as the protagonist of her own story i think that it's interesting that in every version of mary that we see She's not in control of that narrative, whether it's something that John is telling us, whether it's something that Dean is telling us, whether it's her coming back exclusively pretty much to teach Dean a lesson about life, which is pretty, (laughs) pretty sad. Um, No matter what, every single time she's not in the driver's seat of that story. We don't really know what she's thinking. We can guess what goes on inside her head. We can guess what her motivations might be, but we just don't really know. Um, and with this story, you're seeing a younger version of her, um, who is not a mom yet and is not, you know, thinking of becoming a mom at this point. Cause she's not with John yet. She's not with anybody as far as we know. Um, she still has all of this potential in front of her and kind of what you were saying, Brianna before about like, you know, kind of where does the story go? If there's not kind of the dramatic tension of what's going to happen to her, I think that almost makes it sadder. Like, I and kind of the same way that I felt about John. Like, if you're looking at the story as kind of like a tragic story, it's like you're looking at these two young people who have so much enormous potential and we know what happens to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I find fascinating about like the the older version of Mary as well, is that in some ways she's kind of a child. You know, she's in this world that she doesn't understand. She's kind of like a teenager really like that's kind of how she acts when she comes back i mean she's supposed to be like 29 30 years old when she comes back but i mean she's acting like she's a child because she's lashing out and i think it'll be fun to kind of see what her actual younger self was like when she actually was a teenager pre kind of growing up a little bit and having a family i think it'll be interesting to see this kind of rough and tumble mary but without Mm -hmm. the like 
more jaded side, a, mm-hmm. a little less bitterness. I mean, obviously, young Mary still kind of had a chip on her shoulder. She was, you know, forced into hunting and didn't want to be there. But I think a lot of that uh, trauma and a lot of that, all the things that that happened from that point and with John and just the, you know, everything with coming back, having that washed away, it'll be really interesting to kind of see a base, I guess, of like mm-hmm. what her personality was like. So and it's going to be interesting to watch that relationship develop for a couple of reasons. One, because we actually don't really know very much about like, did they like each other when they first met? Did they hate each other when they first met? Like kind of what was what had to happen in order for them to get together, but also because their relationship has just undergone so many shifts, no matter which angle you're kind of looking at it um, or what time even within the show that you're looking at it, you know, because pretty early on, it was clear that that the kind of rosy picture that John had always painted of their relationship wasn't true, but we also didn't really know how off that it was, um, you know, because to Dean and Sam, at least when they were little, it was like a fairy tale that you would tell your kids, like your mom was perfect and she was wonderful and she had no flaws and then she died tragically and we need to get the monster that like killed your mom. And it's very much a story that you tell children as like a bedtime story. Um, But we all know that's certainly not (laughs) the whole story. And it's way more complicated than that. And Mary and John are both far more complicated people than that. Well, I thought that's why it was so interesting whenever she came back, because like you said, we sort of only saw her through other characters' eyes and the picture painted for Sam and Dean by John or by other hunters that knew Mary. And Mm -hmm. of course, when someone passes, nobody wants to be like, oh, they were a horrible person. Good riddance. Like nobody's really that way unless it's, you know, Lucifer or something. (laughs) And so I think they just had that idealized expectation. And then Mary comes back and it's very jarring to see this real person in front of you who has flaws and has issues and who's your age too who's who's your age and then chooses to leave again jules has some thoughts on that hey i'm saving i'm saving it i'm (laughs) saving it brianna brianna's trying to put me into a rant that i have i'm not fading you what are you talking about Well, this is the perfect segue into my probably one and only rant in this episode. It's a Going good off, one. I I feel like it is a good one. Going off what both of you just said, I think that audiences as well as the characters in the show kind of had a hard time adjusting to Mary's character coming back um, for the reasons just stated. But it's like Jules was saying, it, her her whole life and death was kind of almost like a fairy tale to Sam and Dean. I mean, John and Mary, I mean, John painted like his and Mary's love story as like this perfect idyllic marriage, the love story for the ages. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, A, he was probably looking back with rose-colored glasses and probably some guilt, a lot of grief, a big mixture of all of the above. I mean, we've already gotten into, I mean, how hard Mary's death was for John and there's really no way to know, but I think a lot of that was keeping Sam and Dean kind of engaged in their reason to be hunting. I mean, just, I know we've said like in the past, I mean, John kind of quasi militarized his children and going off that like metaphor thread, soldiers need a cause to keep fighting. I mean, Sam and Dean needed something to believe in to get them bought into that lifestyle because I mean, we know that Sam wasn't really a big fan of 
you know, the life that John had them leading. And I think that that really ties back to him not knowing, getting to know Mary as much as Dean did. I mean, even though Dean was four years old, Sam was like a baby, has virtually no memories of her, if any. <laughs> Poor Sam couldn't develop memories. He was a little bit busy being an infant. Being so an he infant. Really <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they just needed something to keep them fighting that good fight. And Mary's backstory was so tragic that it was enough to keep them bought in and I don't know if John necessarily did this intentionally but that's always kind of how it read to me I mean John built her up in a way that you could almost compare to a Christ figure Mm -hmm. in my opinion I mean like everything that that family did revolved around avenging her like Jules was saying it was the hallmark of their family's identity up until you know they get Azazel and John dies and everything and like I was saying, it makes sense that it's not enough to tether Sam to the family business because he didn't really get to experience what Mary was like at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the, as the years dragged on and on and they were dragged from place to place, they, they Sam lost faith because he he was just being dragged on this mission that he never really had reason to believe in. But, you mm-hmm. know, Dean and Dean has a lot of like complex, like hero worship devotion things going on with John and Mary but he was so dedicated to that memory of her that he kind of you know fell in line and we've always seen that Dean has been more dedicated to hunting than Sam for a lot of reasons that we don't really have time to go into (laughs) but yeah like she she died protecting her children and they kind of just like dedicated their lives to her and so when she comes back I think that there's that's where that uh, conflict comes from is that they have to reconcile this idea of her as this, you know, perfect figure in their head with a real person. And I think that kind of gets got projected onto the fans in that, like y'all were saying, we see Mary through other people's eyes, through mm-hmm. Sam and Dean's eyes so much that we don't really get an idea of her as her own person until she comes back. And so those flaws, and I'm not defending, like I've, she did some things that I don't really agree with, but those flaws, you know, are what make her human. And I think that's what had audiences reacting to her so like mixedly. She it's complicated. It is. I mean, it, well, it's also too that to a certain extent when you're talking about Dean remembering his mother, it's not really that he's remembering Mary. He's remembering a time when he was safe and looked after and cared for by this person who loved him. And that that sounded so depressing when I said it out loud. Oh my God, that was an inside thought, I think. But, you know, he is searching for this time where he thinks he'll be safe. Like, I think genuinely when he was younger, he probably thought, okay, once we find the thing that killed mom, we'll be a family again. Well, it'll be like we were like, my dad will become my father again. We'll, you know, I'll have a childhood, whatever. And it's because he never really had that. He remembers like even the things that like when we see him flash back to those times, it's like his mother taking care of him, like somebody taking care of him, somebody making sure that he's fed, you know, like all those kind of things that are just very um, basic needs. And so, you know, Mary kind of became this symbol for him of just all the stuff that he was missing in his life. You know, all the stuff that was love and care and tenderness and not having to worry about fighting monsters and all of that got put onto this person. And so like you were saying, like when she came back as a human being with flaws, her own PTSD to deal with, 
it was too much for all of them. And I think that like, you know, when we're talking about how all three of them functioned when she came back, Sam was probably the best at reaching out to her because in some ways this was just like another person. Like, yes, it was his mom, but he had never seen her that way. So it was just this person who he was helping. Whereas, yeah, exactly. Like a totally, like a blank slate. Whereas with Dean, it was like system shutdown because there's just no way for the two pictures to meet. Like even Mary on her best day as a mom, like back then could never compare to the image of Mary that Dean had carried around all this time because it was comforting to him. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would totally agree with you that like the idea of her being built up as this sort of like Christ figure is definitely compelling. All I can do when I think about like this version of Mary is kind of like my mind goes to like Harry Potter and the way that like Lily was used in that series. And it's kind of a similar idea, except Lily never came back like that. <laughs> you know, we never really got to know that version of her. So I feel like with this, I think the picture of Mary would be very different if they had never had her come back. If she had just stayed kind of this figure in the background who appeared occasionally. I've always thought it was really interesting that that's where they decided to take the show is Amara bringing uh, Mary back as, I mean, Jules will get into this later, but it kind of ended up being, (laughs) it kind of ended up being a device for Dean's character development, which boo, give women their own stories, (laughs) not for male purposes. But I think it was a really interesting choice just, in general and I feel like there are a lot of different ways that her arc could have Mm -hmm. gone but you know there's always been a lot of speculation amongst fans amongst like JDM himself about like what would would have happened if they brought John back or Mm -hmm. nobody had been brought back in something completely different so that undeniably changed the trajectory of her character I mean obviously we wouldn't have really known as much about her Mm -hmm. as a person outside of that kind of idealistic view that we had all been planted in our heads so that kind of I guess complicates things for the showrunners now but I think they'll handle it very well but the showrunners now I mean that they just have so much more that they can do because if they want to change any aspect of her personality it can be like well you didn't know her none of us knew her you know we didn't see her and because she's so much younger too you can be like well yeah she's like whatever like 19 right like she's pretty young like she can just be kind of goofy and figuring herself out um And sort of we were, you know, talking about the relationship a little bit with Dean and Sam as well as with John, but Mary and Dean, and this is, this is a bit of a rant for me, but I think you guys do agree with me on this part. So it's not so much a rant at you as with you, but, you know, Mary and Dean have a similar relationship that John and Sam do, which we kind of talked about a little bit in the John Winchester episode, but, you know, Sam has an easier time understanding Mary he kind of is able to be on her level a little bit more because they're different from each other. Whereas Mary and Dean, especially when she comes back, I think they clash a little bit more because they both get angry um, kind of easily. They both push people away when they should be pulling people in, you know, asking for support, asking for help. Part of what I think drives Mary away is this sense of like, I got to do this on my own. I'm not going to be here. You know, I I can't be what they want me to be. There's no part of me that can be what they need me to be. So I'm just going to go. And that can be, that's right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. But I think that's probably what was going through her head. And Dean's certainly done that plenty of times. You know, he's run off at certain times. Like, I think one of the things that isn't talked about enough either is that 
when she comes back, when they, when she's brought back into this world, she's been in a happy place for her. And we can argue about whether that's like, (laughs) whether it's truly a happy heaven or not. But I mean, in her mind, she was with her children and her husband and everything was great. And now all of a sudden she's back and it's like, Hey, your kids are adults. Everything is awful. You're going to have to start hunting because we're in the middle of some stuff that you're now involved in. You know, I, I think it's a lot to bring her back, but I think it's an interesting mirror to have her with Dean and with Sam act so differently because I've always been a very big Mary Dean parallel person. You're just going to let me go on this rant. That's okay. I'll see if I can save it. Let me find listen, some more parts of my notes. Listen, <laughs> I just don't have a nice way to say what I want to say, so I'm not going to <laughs> Like, you can say that you don't like Mary. Like, that's okay. It's not that I don't like Mary. It's that I was with the other fans, be they wrong or right. I don't think there's really a wrong or right way to interpret Mary because she was considered a side character to funnel the plot line for Sam and Dean. It's just that her leaving just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. They, They offered her food, shelter, help someone to talk to, somewhere to stay, somewhere to, you know, find comfort and help her through it. Like you were saying, Sam offers that hand and she chooses to leave and not communicate with them. She barely checks in. We get that shot. I still remember that shot of Dean having texted her like eight times, still not replying. And then to find out that she went and hooked up with another group of, I mean, the British Men of Letters isn't technically hunters, I guess, but another group that does the same thing. So when Dean and Sam felt like she had replaced them, I very much also had that kind of reaction of you ran away from this thing only to find another version of this thing. And it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And she does get a lot of character redemption, but I never really got over the initial leaving, which I understand why they did it. You can't have a side character who's there constantly. Like that wouldn't make sense. Even Castiel was never there all of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just not how the show operated, but it still, it still irked me. But I'm glad that we're going to get to see like pre- heavy plot line Mary of just like her being sassy and who she was before (laughs) everything went down. I agree with Brianna. I, I get that a lot of her (laughs) writing was aimed at making that distinction between who we, we being Sam and Dean and the audience thought she was and who she actually was, but it always like very deeply rubbed me the wrong way at the way that she ran off. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, yeah, like with Dean and Mary, Apple certainly does not fall far from the tree, but I feel like that's a lot more extreme than any way that Dean has ever pushed people away before. I mean, excluding when him and Sam are fighting and they just decide to go to opposite sides of the country for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> and it was almost was, like a conversation, though, of like, we need to be separated. We both agree we need to be separated. Yeah, it's alone. like they both. It wasn't just you wake up and find the person gone. It was it was different. It was and I mean, obviously, we're very all all very attached to Sam and Dean and their feelings in this. And I think that kind of amplified that feeling, you know, seeing how broken up, especially Dean was mm-hmm. about her not being around. But I could just never really get over that. And whether that's just, you know, a bad writing choice or maybe I'm just overreactive. I something about that never sat right with me. But I no, do. Agree you guys are right. Her as, you know, a character. I, I don't hate Mary, but. Something about that no, just I don't never sat her. right in my soul. I mean, I do mean that. I don't. I don't hate her for it or anything like that. Like, I get 
if you go into her mind where she was coming from of just needing to kind of step away, I just don't exactly. think she needed to do it by leaving the state. Yeah, the way that <laughs> she did it was questionable. Or, or even let them know. I don't know. I just didn't like the like complete communication cutoff thing. Yeah. And I mean, I think it comes down to, to kind of what you're saying, Kennedy, like we, Mary was in 37 episodes of the show. Well, actually she, Mary, the character was in more of that, but Samantha Smith's version was in 37 episodes of the show at various times. We had Sam and Dean for 15 seasons worth of television and they were in every episode. And I think all of us, like no exaggeration, feel a lot of protectiveness and a lot of love towards Dean and Sam as characters that when people hurt them, whether it be, you know, a villain of the week or whatever, or whether it be their parents, I think that we have a tendency to kind of go like, that was so unfair. And don't you know what Dean was going through? And believe me, I do because I love Dean. Dean is my boy. Like I will give him a hug through the screen every time. Like if someone makes him sad, I'm very angry at them. I think that kind of what we were saying before, like what you guys were saying, where she can't be in every single episode, you know, that didn't help either. The fact that she was kind of the side character, but really wasn't like, like if, if they had wanted to really fully do that arc, I think they needed her around more. I think part of why they sent her away was probably logistical reasons, like not being able to have her in every episode. But I think that for that to have been fully land, I think they would have really needed to have a little bit more time with her, like around the boys and kind of figuring that out. Um, and I know I can't blame every choice on awkward writing. Some of it is just inherent in the character. Some of it's there. I've always really liked Mary as a character because I think she's interesting. And I think she's very similar to Dean in a lot of ways. And I think it'll be an interesting question for the prequel to answer. And I don't know that they'll ever get to this point in the timeline. But Mary has never struck me as a character who like really wanted to be a mom. She struck me as a character who didn't want to be hunting anymore. But I don't know that at any point she was like, yes, motherhood, like, let's do this. So I I kind of want to know, like, how much of her even being a mom in the first place was something she wanted to do if it was something that was kind of influenced by, you know, heaven and the events that came later. Or if that was just because in that time period, she just thought that was the best way out of hunting was getting married and having kids, if that was kind of what her mindset was. And I think it would explain a little bit as well if maybe as much as she loves Sam and Dean, if maybe that wasn't necessarily the original plan that she had for herself and that this was kind of something that came up later. I think a part of that, at least my take on that, has always been that I feel like Mary did want children, but not necessarily because being a mother was something that she always wanted, but because it was just kind of a facet of that white picket fence ideal mm -hmm. that she had and getting out. And that's just kind of what you did when you got married. You popped out 2.5 kids and you baked apple pies and you lived happily ever after. So the half a kid is very important. You got to have the <laughs> half a kid tacked on. <laughs> right. And kind of like we were saying before, you know, part of the reason why Mary was even brought back at all was for Dean's character development. There's a very like meta line that they say in season 15, which I'm not even totally sure if if this was something that the writers really put in there, like to kind of be like, this is why we brought Mary back or if it was genuinely kind of part of the story. But Dean says, you know, 
this didn't end well. Like you brought her back. We had her for two seconds and then you killed her again. Why? And Amara says, I wanted two things for you, Dean. I wanted you to see that your mother was just a person that the myth you'd held on to for so long of a better life, a life where she lived was just that a myth. I wanted you to see that the real complicated Mary was better than your childhood dream because she was real. That now is always better than then. You could finally start to accept your life. But like, I hate that. Um, <laughs> I hate that so much. I love Supernatural. I've loved the show for years, but one area that they've kind of consistently failed, and I think because of the setup of the show that's just doomed to fail, is having female characters that are around solely to teach Sam or Dean something or to bring something to them, whether that's a villain or whether it's a mother figure, or whether it's a girlfriend, you know, it's just yet another example of using this female character's plot to further the development of these guys at the expense of her own character and we were kind of saying this earlier that you know the winchesters represents this opportunity to get to know mary on her own terms and i think that that's going to be really important to understanding the character because the fact that she was given so much screen time in these later seasons and most of it was really just to kind of either move the plot along in some way or to mess with sam and dean like it doesn't sit well with me that the longest running female character on Supernatural was kind of used in that way. And especially because she's a mom, right? Like this show has mommy issues. It has daddy issues. It has parental issues of all kinds. Like they kind of continued to use her as a, as a symbol, even when they were trying to kind of quote unquote, break her out of that and show her as a real person. We still really only got to know her as Sam and Dean's mom. It was just Sam and Dean's mom making terrible choices <laughs> as an adult. As opposed to like, okay, like what, who is she really in this, in this version of life? Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, she kind of just got dropped right back into the hamster wheel. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's really sad that we never, she never got that chance to break out of that cycle and create her own fate. And I mean, in a way she's not, she's not really going to get to do that in the Winchesters either, just because like Brianna was saying, we know what her fate is assuming that everything is in the same timeline one of our crazy theories are not correct (laughs) if this is (laughs) streamlined before everything happened but we will get to see more of her personality and not just in terms of sam dean because obviously they don't exist yet so i do think that is uh one redeeming quality i do find it fascinating that as a fandom we have wildly differing views on both Mary and John as characters, which is, I think, what made them interesting to kind of do a deep dive on because it kind of made me go back. And I'm sure it's similar to you guys. It kind of made me go back and sort of reevaluate my own relationship with those characters and like how I feel in relation to them versus like how they were presented to us. And I did find, you know, the more I was kind of looking at Mary on her own, like kind of divorcing her from like the show and kind of just thinking about the character I found myself appreciating her more. Like I'm I'm a Mary defender. Like I can't help who I am. It's just a part of me. I know that there's a lot of people who aren't and I get that. And like, there's valid reasons for it. Brianna's waving her hand because she, <laughs> she is not. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I really look forward to seeing this version of her. I liked seeing the other versions of her. I just wish that we had had a little bit more, time to delve into her character a little bit when she came back and not just kind of have her be like a plot device essentially when she came back because she's such an interesting 
interesting figure. And another interesting, you know, female character on Supernatural that kind of got a little bit wasted towards the end, you know? I'm all for interesting female characters, <laughs> obviously. So I would have liked to have had a little more time with her. I never realized when you said that she was the longest running female character on Supernatural. That's kind of crazy to think about because she it was such a brief time that she was on there. When you think about it, it's it's a little bit depressing. <laughs> well, it felt briefer than it was because then I was thinking to myself, like, who would the next one be? And I think it's Meg like both versions of Meg, I think she's the next one. So now I'm going directly to Google. I want to find out how many episodes Meg was in because, or maybe Ruby. No, Meg was in more than Ruby, right? Meg was in more than Ruby because Meg was there since like the first first season. season. Yeah. It sporadically appeared later on. Yeah. How many was Rowena in? Rowena was there a while. But she also popped up very sporadically. Yeah. But you know what? We will be having strong female leads in the Winchesters all over. So hooray for that. Yeah, we really will. No, it's going to be awesome. I I feel like that's going to be the fun part about the Winchesters is getting all of these characters kind of on their own terms, but also having like so much more representation than we ever had on Supernatural. And obviously, you know, there are so many iconic characters on Supernatural that really represented so many communities well from like Eileen to Charlie. But I do think that hopefully having two female protagonists this time versus kind of side characters will make a difference in terms of in terms of what the female characters are used for. <laughs> One would hope. Wow, that's really interesting. Brianna Rina just found out Rowena was in episodes. 43 episodes. So she might wow. actually, her and Mary might be like close to tied because Sam Smith was in like 30 something, like 37 episodes. And then how many episodes was Amy was what one or two? Amy was two, I think. Amy was two. As time yeah. goes by, and then when Anna went back in time to try and kill everyone. <laughs> Mary was in 49. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So she like just just had her. Just had her mm-hmm. be. How many was Megan? Since you're since you're looking them up anyway, and we're here. Um excuse me typing (laughs) i will not be cutting this out that's how you know it's real 19 okay that's honestly more than i thought you were off by a little bit (laughs) i was off by a little bit because i was only counting i was looking at rachel minor's version and then i remembered that there was also the earlier version of her too there's so many versions of her ruby was 36 wow are you kidding wow that's fascinating this is Stats Corner with uh, Brianna <laughs> and Google. Welcome. Honestly, I, I kind of enjoy this because sometimes like, I, and I'm sure you guys have this too, like I have certain arcs and certain seasons that I watch more than others because mm-hmm. I find like I like certain episodes more or whatever. And so that can really skew Perception your perception yeah. of how important certain characters were <laughs> because I'm like, oh yeah, like Meg was in like all these episodes and I'm like, no, it's just because you really like season six. <laughs> So you're watching a lot of her episodes in in one go. But yeah, kind of as we reach the end of our episode here, I mean, some final thoughts. I mean, for me, I'm excited to see, like we've been saying, I'm excited to see Mary kind of in her own story this time around. I'm excited for hopefully Phantom to kind of get a different view of her as I think that they're going to get a different view of John as well. Um, 
both of these characters who have been heavily, heavily mythologized and kind of turned into these like larger than life figures, um, both on the show and in the minds of the fandom. I think it's going to be interesting to see them as people, you know, with with their flaws and and their good aspects as well, you know, and I like Mary. I think she's flawed, but I like her. And so I'm excited to see more of her. I don't think it's a secret to either of these two that I have some extremely contentious feelings towards both John and Mary. <laughs> but like I said, um, like Jules was saying, I'm super excited to see them kind of plucked out of this uh, circle of knowledge that we have and get a chance to have their own stories as individual characters, no matter how that may be tied back to the larger narrative of the story. And um yeah, having seen the pilot, I'm just really excited for everyone to get to know these characters as we have started to do as well. So less than a month left. Woo. Woohoo. I mean, I feel the same. I'm excited for everyone to see the show because as you said, we've seen the pilot and it's it's really great. You're gonna love it. She is such a, I think she's just gonna be a really like vibrant character with lots of familiarity and I'm excited to see so much of Mary's story in the show that we had was things happening to her and her reacting and I feel like I feel like the Winchesters is going to give us Mary happening to the world and I'm excited to watch her act versus reacting I think is my main my main excitement and so even beyond Mary I just wanted to look into what's coming up for the future of the podcast now that we've finished our deep dive series um we are going to be moving into doing more episodic coverage you know each week we're going to put out an episode along with each episode of the show um and we're hoping also before the show premieres in less than a month now uh to have some of the other nerds come in um and talk to us we have a great group of people obviously over at nerds and beyond who are just as excited about the winchesters as we are um, so we're hoping to have them come in and talk a little bit about what they're excited to see um, and just kind of have more of a roundtable discussion with them before the season kicks off. So stay tuned. Well, that's our show for this week. Be sure to check back soon for our weekly coverage of the Winchesters. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SPN on the road pod. And make sure to head over to at nerds and beyond for all your nerdy news. This week's episode was edited by Jules Thompson and produced by Brianna Lester, Kennedy Lynch, and Jules Thompson for Nerds and Beyond. Our theme music is by Kennedy Lynch.